listening to the podcast 82488. Use of low quality, low protein wheat. Bread moved from small scale local bakeries to a billion dollar industry. Bread needed to stay fresh and fluffy in a nice plastic package. Yeah, plastic. Well, that's a whole other story. For as long as possible. And, hey, presto, then sliced white loaf was born. And that was a selection from today's novel, Calm Your Gut, a mindful and compassionate guide to healing IBD and IBS by author Kara Wheatley McGray. Page 8 surface area to a whopping 250 meters squared 2,700 feet squared that's around the size of a tennis court it's here in the small intestine that 90% of food absorption and digestion occurs the muscles lining the small intestine help mix food with digestive juices for the pancreas and liver these enzymes help break down carbohydrates, fats, and proteins, while the small intestine walls absorb water and the digested nutrients into the bloodstream. Food usually takes about two and six hours to travel through the small intestine. As it does, it triggers peristaltic waves, which start to move waste products of the digestive process into the large intestine. The large intestine, also known as the colon, is shorter at around 1 to 1.5 meters, 3 feet 3 inches to 4 feet 11 inches, and fatter, with three key sections, the ascending, transverse, and descending colon. As you can see from figure two on page six, the large intestine looks a bit like a three-sided picture frame around the small intestine, wrapped up and layered inside the abdominal cavity. Right at the center of the intricate art installation is your magical microbiome containing billions of bacteria that are as unique to each of us as our fingerprints. This diverse mix of bacteria contains around 70% of your immune system, and the colon also supports the synthesis of vitamins B and K. The final part of your digestive process is also the slowest, eliminating the waste products from your food can vary between a rapid 10 and a sluggish 59 hours. During this time, your colon absorbs water and creates poop. Sluggish colons tend towards constipation, too fast, and you have the opposite, diarrhea. In total, the transit time from food input, evening meal, to poop output is between 10 hours next morning 
or a much longer 73 hours three days later. Take home message. What you eat can stick around for quite a while. Page 24. Gut knowledge. 13. After a meal, you feel satiated and give yourself some time to simply digest. Barely notice as you've been eating while multitasking, checking your emails, watching TV, etc. Feel like you should sit still for a little while because you know it's the right thing to do but end up doing tasks for others. You remember some of the time to allow yourself to digest, but under pressure or when distracted, you forget. 14. When do you experience bloating? I notice bloating after eating specific foods or a really large meal. I feel bloated all the time. Most of the time, whatever I eat. Occasionally, I'm still trying to work out the cause. 15. When you're away from home and low on energy, you're most likely to reach for some healthy homemade treats that you packed, whatever is on hand, sweets or a sugary drink because a treat occasionally is fine, a handful of nuts or seeds. 16. How much do you feel you know about your gut biology? You feel you know your body and your biology well. You know enough. It's the doctor's job to diagnose and fix the situation. You know there are quite a few different parts of the digestive system, but don't always feel confident in naming them when. Page 88. Gut compassion. But why is wheat such a problem? In part, there's been an over-reliance on this little plump grain of goodness for a long time. Pizza, pasta, pastries, cereals, and, of course, bread. I don't know about you, but I love it. But before jumping on the gluten-free wagon, let's take a brief look at why gluten may be emerging as such a villain. Somewhere in the late 1960s, the bread industry lost the plot. Supermarkets needed quick, easy, mass-produced loaves that traveled. The Charlie Wood baking method sped up the baking process, making it cheaper and enabling the use of low-quality, low-protein wheat. Bread moved from small-scale local bakeries to a billion-dollar industry. Bread needed to stay fresh and fluffy in a nice plastic package. Yeah, plastic. Well, that's a whole other story. For as long as possible. And, hey, presto, then sliced white loaf was born. Today, around 80% of UK bread makers use this method, and the bread is shipped worldwide. This type of fast-baked, 
loaf needs around two to three times the yeast of traditionally baked bread. Feeling a little gassy, anyone? To make this bread travel and shelf fresh, it has a few extras thrown in. Enzymes, preservatives, and a few antifungals. Just to make sure this spongy, high water content bread doesn't get moldy. In fact, there is growing evidence of a condition called non-coeliac gluten sensitivity, NCGS. In this condition, the immune system overreacts to the presence of gluten. There's also been some speculation whether this is due to the bread making process and the addition of enzymes and increased yeast or trace fertilizers and chemicals in the wheat grain. The NCGS condition may in part explain the spread of our modern bloated bellies. And while it's inspiring to see a generation push back with varied grains and homemade and artisan sourdough, it's clear too many of us are eating highly industrialized grains, which are doing us and our guts no good. The end. Calm your gut. A mindful and compassionate guide to healing IBD and IBS. By Kara Wheatley McGrain. Throughout the fight of literature, you will find a story that touches your soul. Please support the authors in this show by viewing the books on the website 82488.com. That's numbers 824, the word 80.